Welcome to episode number 226. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects. And I think the reason that it's one of my favorite subjects is because I didn't always recognize or realize how much value it has. And that is planning out your garden and specifically the biggest garden planning mistakes that I see people making or not doing. And when I do a quick Google search on how to plan your garden, it's one of the number one tips that I see be being recommended as your first planning step. And it's one of the biggest mistakes people make if that is where they're starting their garden planning. How's that for teasing you on an intro for what this episode is going to be about? Welcome to the Pioneering Today podcast. I'm your host, Melissa K. Norris, best-selling author of three books, including my brand new book, The Family Garden Plan, Grow a Year's Worth of Sustainable and Healthy Food that is releasing January 7th. You are going to want to get your hands on it, especially if today's topic and growing your own food is of interest to you. I am so happy to have you here with me today because raising your own food has been a part of my life since I was born. I was lucky enough to be raised by gardeners. I'm a fifth generation homesteader. So from my earliest memories of spring and summertime, honestly, are of being out in the garden and helping to plant the beans. I can remember when I was really little that I would walk through and my mom would show me how deep to put my finger in the soil. Like she would show me the line on my finger so it would be the appropriate depth. And I would go through and I would poke my finger all along. And then she would come behind me and actually drop the seeds in in case my spacing, you know, wasn't exactly ideal or it got them too deep or too not. But that's one of my very first memories. And then I would go back and help put the soil, firm it over top and firm it on top of the seed. So being barefoot and the smell of freshly turned earth in the springtime, it's one of my favorite things now, but it's something that's really, truly one of my earliest memories. Now, why am I sharing that with you? Well, one, because like I said, I have been growing a garden, helping my parents from the time I could walk and toddle up until now and all through my marriage. So I've got two decades, 20 plus years of my husband and I being married and us having our own garden. And I share all of that with you to let you know that there have been a lot of mistakes made, even though I have quite a few decades of gardening experience underneath my belt. And that's what I want to talk with you today and share with you so that you can avoid some of the mistakes I made so that we can all have more of our own amazing homegrown food coming onto the table with pretty much the least amount of work. I call it being very strategic and being smart in the garden with our time and the resources that we have. And one of the things that I want to do to help you make sure that that happens is you guys, I am doing a free five-day challenge that is going to help you plan your best garden ever. Totally free. I'm giving you five days worth of videos 
So each day you'll get a link to the video and I'm going to walk you through step by step by step broken up so it's easy and bite-sized chunks. And by the end of it, you are going to come away with a customized garden plan for your specific growing area, your growing climate, size of your family, and the foods that your family is going to love and eats the most of. So I'm going to help you break all of that down Take away the overwhelm and give you all of my best tips and strategies for making that happen, including free worksheets and charts. So it's just boom, you get to plug in and play those things and you come out with this plan. So to get your hands on it, which you totally do and you want to go through it with me because every day on the videos, I'll be sending out an email. I will be on there live during the video session. So as we're going through it, you can ask me questions go to melissaknorris.com forward slash my best garden. I'll also have the links in the blog post that accompanies today's episode. To access that, you can go to melissaknorris.com forward slash 226. So just the numbers 226 for this episode 226. Okay. So any of the resources and things that I talk about, including getting signed up for this challenge, which starts December 30th. But even if you're listening to this after December 30th, you will still be able to go up and you will be able to get the links and go through the whole series. But you're going to want to make sure that you go through it live with me if you're listening to it early enough so we can go through it as a community. Okay, this isn't even actually my main point, but I feel like we need to bring it up and talk about it. One of the biggest mistakes that people make when they're planning their garden is to go in without really having a plan which I know seems kind of obvious and you're probably thinking, well, duh, you don't have a very good garden plan if you don't have a plan at all. But bear with me because a lot of times, and I did this for years, you guys, and let me just preface this to say that if you are growing a garden, even if you're doing it without a plan, like I am seriously giving you a high five through this microphone into your earbuds. Imagine I am slapping your hand right now because you are growing some of your own food. Do you know how many people have never had a garden? They have never experienced the homegrown food, not only the taste flavors and the nutritional benefits, but all the other benefits of growing your own food. Because honestly, I feel like only half of it is for the self-sustainability and the actual food. Gardening is for the soul as much as it is for our bodies and the actual food that we get from it. So if you are growing a garden, you're growing anything, any way, shape, or form, I don't care how big or how little, like seriously, you should be very proud of yourself. But if you've been doing it and you haven't done any planning or very much planning, or if the extent of your planning is you go to the grocery store, or maybe in this day and age, I mean, after all, you're listening to a podcast, which is pretty a modern invention, You might be ordering your seeds online or getting a seed catalog, which is one of my favorite things is to sit and go through a seed catalog with a good cup of coffee. Oh, my goodness. Not something I get to do nearly often enough, but something definitely we do want to do. But most people's planning or a lot of people, I should say that that's kind of where their planning starts. And they just go through and they just pick out the things that look the prettiest. or they're like, oh, man, yeah, I definitely want to grow some of that this year. And so then they order the seeds and then they obviously plant them in the ground and put them in and that's their garden. And that's kind of their extent of their planning is just picking out the seeds and putting them in. So that at its very basis is a plan, but we're going to talk about doing it in a way that's going to serve you 
much more effective and get you a lot bigger yield and harvest if you put these into place. So when I did a quick Google search on how to plan your vegetable garden, how to plan your garden, usually what I saw, and this was from the top the top ones that came up in my search browser, most of their tips for the starting point when walking you through how to plan it is decide where you're putting your plants. Now, we absolutely do need to decide where we're going to be putting our plants and planting our garden, but that is not, I repeat, that is not where you should be starting your garden planning. You, they are missing a lot of key elements if that's where you start. Because we need to be growing food, especially if we're looking at growing food that's going to take us through a year. We need to be picking the crops that our family eats the most of on a regular basis. And then B, actually will grow well in our gardening climate and our gardening zone. Number three of those crops where we're starting, like I said, with those crops that your family is actually eating on a very regular basis, they'll grow where you live. Then we are looking and picking varieties that are best suited to the amount of growing days that we have in our warm weather growing season. And then from there, we are deciding how many of those specific crops do we need to put in in order to feed our family for an entire year. And the number of plants that I put in and the number of plants that you put in are going to vary, and they should. And what I mean by that is what serves my family of four for where we're at right now with the amount of food that we are eating of tomato plants, for example, is going to probably look different than the amount of plants that your family is going to be put in to take you through a year. Because one, obviously, the size of our families may be different, and that's going to dictate how many that you need. Now, based on the amount per person, so the charts that I mentioned when you go and sign up for this free challenge as well that are in my new book, The Family Garden Plan, the way that we've based the charts and came up with the calculations is how much yield an average of one plant gives you per a growing season. And then that is how you calculate it out per people in your family. But We've taken an extra step, and this is where I really walk you through in this free video series and have the charts and worksheets, which is going to make a lot more sense than when you're just listening to it. There's some things like I love podcasts for. Y'all know if you've been listening for any amount of time, I am a podcast junkie. I learned so much for podcasts, but there are certain things that I find are just much more suitable to actually watching it and then having written charts and things where you're, you're writing it out. So that's why I'm doing this challenge that I'm mentioning that I want you to be a part of. But based on how much your family eats of a certain crop every week and month for your meal planning, that's going to dictate how many plants you need to put in. So for us, for what we're eating right now and going through, I need 18 to 20 tomato plants in order to take us through an entire year of tomato products and never having to buy tomatoes from the store. So my tomato sauce, my salsa, marinara sauce, pizza sauce, you know, all the stuff that's made from tomatoes, stewed tomatoes, all of that. I know for my family that we need about 18 to 20 tomato plants. 
So personally, I think that you need to start by identifying those crops and how much you need because that's your goal to take you and your family through a full year of those crops. Picking the varieties that I said are best suited to your growing climate and especially with our warm weather crops, the amount of warm weather days that you have for that growing season. Then once you have all of that information down, then you begin to look at where you're putting your plants. And really, most of the time, we can put a lot more in than we think. Even though my family has 14.96 acres, we have three parcels and that's what they equal out to that that we own, that they all adjoin. So it's basically 15 acres. So even though we've got, that's a decent amount of acreage, but the majority of that is pasture for our livestock and or wooded area and where we actually grow our produce. So my perennial vegetables and fruits the mini off-grid high tunnel, or aka called my off-grid greenhouse. So it's just a high tunnel. So it's an unheated area where I can grow some greens and cool weather crops pretty much throughout the winter. But it's where I plant all of my tomatoes and pepper plants throughout the summer months. And then our annual vegetable garden, and then my containers for my herbs and flowers, that type of thing. All of that is grown in our backyard on just a half an acre. And people are always surprised. In fact, when my editor came up, because we have photos in the new book and we did a complete photo shoot in the garden here on the homestead, she was very surprised to see the actual square footage where we're growing all of our produce. She was like, oh my goodness, I was envisioning like much, much, much bigger areas. And so I say that because even though the the tip that you see most often that I'm saying like don't start there is decide where you have to plant your plants and where you're planting your plants. Well, yeah, you you do have to have that. It's absolutely. But most people, when they start there, they're not taking the best advantage of the actual food that's going to grow best in their area and it's going to serve their family's needs. And a lot of the time, they're not really looking at it strategically enough, even looking at the available space in order to get even more plants in to hit those goals of having enough plants to take you through a whole year. Because a lot of people get really limited by just thinking of this big vegetable garden area or a certain number of like, I only have so much yard space where I could put in a few raised beds, for example, if you're on a smaller part. But You can grow so much more in so many different areas than you think of. And sometimes it's just picking a slightly different variety that's going to allow you to grow a lot more. And that is doing vertical gardening. And that's another section that I talk about a ton in the book and we'll have more resources for that you definitely want to get your hands on. But you can sneak food crops into your landscaping. So a lot of people think about the front door, their landscaping, where they've got flowers and maybe hedges or bushes or other things like that, not realizing that you can actually put quite a few food crops and just tuck it into your landscaping. If you've got a back deck, a back patio, a back cooking area, a lot of people have these in a lot of America's backyards. These are things that are in the backyard. And so maybe you don't have, you've got those are already in there and you're thinking, well, I don't have a ton of space. I don't have a lot of bare ground necessarily or lawn to turn into a garden. 
you can maximize all of those areas and grow, especially some fruits and perennials and even your regular vegetables. You just have to kind of get creative. One of the ways, and you'll see a picture of that in the book, is we have a back cement patio. We have a back cook- cooking area outside in our backyard where we've got a fireplace. And then I actually have a, a setup with a grill area so that I can do my Dutch oven cooking and fire cooking and that type of thing when the power goes out or it's just hot and I don't want to heat up the house. So we have a whole cooking area outside and we have a cement patio down. And so we built, I, we, my husband, I did help him raise a few beams. So I can say we, but he put up a grape arbor that goes up and covers the entire patio. But as far as yard space, oh my goodness, you guys, we have four, two on each side, and they grow up and over and meet in the middle. We're only talking about actual yard space for the base of these two great plants. And we've had them in, I should say, two on each side, four great plants total. And we've had these great plants for um, 11 plus years is how long they've been in. And we've had the grape arbor up. Each plant itself only takes up above the ground. Of course, their root system is going to go out a little bit further and deeper, but it only takes up and we have it planted right up against the base of this cement patio. They only take up about one, one square foot, one and a half square feet per grape plant. So even if you don't have a lot of space, you can definitely go vertical where all of the growing space is happening up and over. And it actually works out great because in the summertime, when you've got all the leaves on, and then in late summer is when, for our varieties, when we actually get our grapes or very, very early fall, it is perfect because it offers us shade. So we have like this natural canopy in the heat of the day. You can go out and it's, oh my goodness, it's so wonderful, especially in the evenings or the hot part of the day. We'll go under there and, and do different work and just enjoy that space. And then when we do have outdoor events or we do get those summer rains, that grape canopy is so dense. It acts as a natural rain cover. So unless it's like a complete downpour, it can be sprinkling and we'll just go under there and and work and get stuff done. So we actually get a lot of produce and it has those other benefits, like I was saying, in a very small amount of actual square footage, like in the ground space. So that's why I say many times we need to shift our vision on what we think the growing in the garden should look like. Because many of you could put a lot more food producing plants in than you realize. And another one of the big gardening mistakes that I used to make was honestly, I would just go off of what we planted the year before or what we had always planted. And that's how I would end up with having an excess of like 20 jars of something because we do preserve our growing season is short. So I have to preserve a lot of our food. I'm not able to really grow year round all of my fresh vegetables and just be harvesting fresh from the garden, though I can grow a lot of winter crops with just using some simple succession planting and some simple cold frames that don't take up a ton of work. But I used to just plant like this is what we planted last year. This is what I'm just going to plant these again and kind of just went on like rinse and repeat. And the error of that is for a while I did that. And then I realized as I was going through my pantry cupboards that, you know, I've got 15 jars of this specific relish or 20 jars of this jam and jelly. And it's from like two years ago. So why on earth am I still planting that same amount of those crops or the same amount of cucumbers or whatever it may be, the recipe might be. 
if we're not actually going through this food and using it. So it's really key that we do this planning. Like I said, even if you have 20 plus some decades of gardening, that you go through when you do this planning so that each year's garden is based upon your family size and the foods that you're eating and the amounts that you're eating in right now, in this time and in this season. And that's what I walk you through in, in very detailed steps in the challenge that we have coming up. So again, that link real quick, because I really hope that you join me. It's going to be fabulous. We're going to have the whole community going through it. It's going to be a great time is melissaknorris.com forward slash my best garden. So no, no spaces, no dashes, no funny thing, just my best garden there and you will get access to all of it. The verse of the week is Proverbs 16, chapter 16, verse three. And that is commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. And I felt like this was very fitting because obviously this whole episode has been on planning. And I am talking right now about planning your vegetable garden and your food crops. So vegetable garden and your perennials. And that includes fruit, berries and fruit trees. I'm including in that because that that we don't just eat vegetables. We eat fruit. And a lot of garden planning focuses just on the annual vegetables But I want you to have perennials in there and to have the resources to know how many you need and what types are best and what you can grow of those perennials and those fruits in your area. So all of that is included in the planning and the worksheets and the charts and in the family garden plan book itself. But even though I see I got so excited, we talk about planning foods, you guys, and I'm just like, I just I just get so excited. I can't stop talking about it. But this verse is really applicable because as we move into the first of the year, we have plans that just aren't on our gardening or our food production because we're not just gardeners, right? We're so many different things. And us modern homesteaders tend to be more things, I think, than even modern society because oftentimes we are our herbalist. We are the baker. We are the grocery store because we're not just growing the food, but we're putting it up. We're the cleaner makers because we're making our own natural cleaners. Like there's so many things uh, that a homesteader is and has plans for. But the gardening is kind of the base and center of most of it, I find, at least for me. And then I have plans for the academy, for this, for the podcast, for my my business as an online entrepreneur and spreading the goodness of homesteading and homegrown. So I've got plans for that that are super exciting. I have plans for things to do with my children and with my marriage and even with my own health and things uh, for the infrastructure on our homestead that we want to improve. So my point is we all got plans often in lots of different areas. And I am a firm believer in planning. And I also am a firm believer in doing some things that are spontaneous, which seems kind of counterintuitive or like what? But it totally works. I plan for the best and then I roll with what happens. But whatever your plans are, I hope that you take some time for prayer, that you commit them to the Lord, and know that if your plans don't work out in the way that you thought they would, I still think it's important to plan. But oftentimes when it comes to the execution, things pop up that we never knew were coming that you couldn't plan for. And so if we've committed those plans to the Lord, when those things come up, 
then we know that we can trust him and that we can have faith that he is going to create something even better from the detour or just the change that may be happening in the plan. So commit it to him and let him guide and help establish your plans. So thank you guys so much for listening. I can't wait to see what your garden plans end up being. And I hope that you are joining me for this challenge. I can't wait to see you in the first video when we go live on December 30th. Here's to your best garden plan and garden ever. Thank you.